had a trumpet until you lost it. You thought that music could make you whole. But it hey everyone, Misaligned is back this week and we have quite a few topics we want to discuss. As we've started doing recently, we will let you guys know sort of what we've been listening to lately. I think Megan has some more interesting stuff than I do. Mine's just kind of like, oh, hey, here were some releases that I listened to. And I didn't really listen to all that much the last couple of weeks anyway. But before we get to that, we're going to hit you guys with a little bit of news. And then we are going to talk a little bit about the Lego Batman movie soundtrack today, too, which... I think, Megan, you and I were both probably surprised by how much music played a part in this movie. Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah. And before we dive into all of that, though, I just want to remind you guys that we are part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. Everything is over at modern-vinyl.com. You can find our show, the Modern Vinyl podcast, Pilot Study, Missing Artwork, and Vinyl Crawl, I believe. I got them all there. Yep. There have been so many lately. I'm like, okay, are, there's is there another new one or are we are we good with these ones? So, you know, there's plenty of stuff to check out whether or not you have a huge podcast feed list like I do or maybe listen to fewer like Megan does. There's mm-hmm. definitely going to be something for you in there if you're a music fan. But Megan, I know you had some news items you wanted to talk about before we dive in here. So, the big one is Lady Gaga is the one replacing Beyonce at Coachella because obviously being pregnant will put a damper on some performances if you can't move around as well as you would like to, especially on a big stage like at Coachella. Right. And, you know, when Beyonce announced her pregnancy, I was very surprised. It's like, this woman is going to headline Coachella. Is she going to pull an Axl Rose with Guns N' Roses and sit in a throne while performing? But... (laughs) At the advice of her doctors, they said, you know, you should take it easy. You've got twins. You can headline Coachella next year. Right. And to be fair, if Beyonce did want to sit in a throne, it would have been much more acceptable for her to do than Axl Rose. (laughs) This is also very true. It also, (laughs) the throne would be integrated better with the performance, I think. But (laughs) because she's not headlining Coachella this year, she will be headlining next year. So the 2018 lineup already has one confirmed artist. Yep. So that's not bad. And I think Lady Gaga will be an excellent replacement for her. As we saw with this year's Super Bowl show, she has just as much vibrant stage presence as Beyonce and does have that factor to keep people watching her. So that should be interesting. Of course. And I think it's safe to say that a lot of people who are Beyonce fans are probably also Lady Gaga fans. You know, I'm not saying their music is exactly the same, but they replaced one big pop artist with another big pop artist. It's not like they went in and put, you know, Slayer in for Beyonce or something like that. So I think, you know, while people will still be disappointed that they aren't going to see Beyonce, I think Lady Gaga will still provide enough of those fans with a good enough time to make it worth their money. This is true. And Beyonce and Gaga did have a song together. Telephone. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Beyonce and Gaga did some sort of cool collaboration where they teamed up to have Beyonce record a video of her singing so she could, like, duet with her. Right. But that would be cool. Of course. Speaking of festivals and, like, 
festive things. The next little bit of news isn't as big as Lady Gaga headlining Coachella. But it's still big for Modern Vinyl, so that's it what counts. It is. The Modern Vinyl podcast will be on the podcast stage for this year's South by Southwest, which is a huge, huge honor. And I believe this was a last-minute edition, but it looks like Pilot Study will also be part of the stage. I think Chris tweeted that out. Yeah, I think so, too. And I know he wanted us to apply, but due to travel and timing, you know, things just couldn't work out. So there's always next year. There's totally always next year. Yes, it is Pilot Study. And speaking of pilot study, I'm going to plug that here really quickly on the most recent episode featuring Riverdale. So that's pilot study number 45. James and I joined Chris to talk about Riverdale. And it's it's a pretty interesting episode to listen to. Yeah, I gave it a listen, even though I haven't watched the show. But I w- it oh. was one of those shows I was like, should I watch this? It's like I'm familiar with Archie, but I've never really read Archie comics. So I was like, mm, I think I have enough TV right now, but I'm sure, you know, it'll make its way onto Netflix or something and oh, I yeah. can watch it. But I definitely recommend watching it. Okay. And not just because they've got hot Archie, but, you know. <laughs> Small things. I, I actually Very like Very much it. so not like Archie in the comics, guys. No, no. But yeah, so look for James and Chris and Mike at South by Southwest this year. Give them your best Austin hospitality. Feed them all the good Austin food. And I believe one of the new Modern Vinyl staffers is also going to be at South by Southwest as well. And that would be Delaney Motter. Nice. Who also writes for The Alternative. Awesome. Yeah, you know, when Chris announced Delaney and the group, I was like, that name sounds very familiar. And it's probably because I've poked around the alternative a bit. And I was like, hey, they're doing some cool stuff here. (laughs) Pretty sure they follow Misaligned on Twitter. I think I saw that notification a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. See, I have so many Twitter accounts logged in in Tweetbot that it'll like show me a notification. I'm like, which account is this for? (laughs) I know the downside of having multiple Twitters is just, oh, the stress of all those notifications, not even telling you who they go to. Even in the native Twitter app, it doesn't do that, which is very annoying. Yeah. And I'm honestly impressed with myself that I have not introduced the wrong podcast in these podcast introductions, because sometimes I'll have, you know, people who have been on both this and Geekdom and I'm like, okay, wait what are we recording today? So I kind of have to sit there and like remind myself. I'm like, okay, schedule this for with this person for this podcast specifically. Don't just put recording with so-and-so because then I'll be completely lost on what I'm actually recording. And funny you should bring up Geekdom because in a way, this could be like a slight crossover between Geekdom and Misaligned. Yes, because our Lego Batman movie soundtrack discussion is going to sort of crossover a little bit because I do plan on doing a podcast on the Lego Batman movie itself as a whole, but I'm sure if I do end up doing it with Jason Tate, which is the current plan right now, obviously him being a music guy, I'm sure the soundtrack will also be brought up. But here, you know, I think Megan and I were just so surprised by it. We were like, all right, let's just talk about it here too. And I just gave you the heads up. You know, I was like, 
you know, I have this planned as a geekdom topic, so we'll just talk about the music so I don't get too much of my thoughts in both podcasts. And then, you know, people wouldn't want to listen to both because it would be redundant. Right, right. But I think a soundtrack would be a very fun thing to talk about. And this actually does bring us out of the news and into our current discussion. One of the main discussions for today's podcast. Yeah. And like I said, we were both surprised by this, but a lot of it was, you know, like some hard 80s metal and rock music just because, you know, when you think of Batman, you're not going to think of these big, bright pop songs. Unless you're thinking of maybe, you know, inner, that's not the word I want to use, interjecting (laughs) 80s songs with like the 60s Batman, which is so colorful. Right, right. But as far as the way as Batman has been portrayed a lot since the Batman 66 era, you know, that is something that keeps getting darker and darker, it seems, especially with the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan. You know, it's like, okay, like this is the Batman we've seen in a lot of the recent comics as well. And Megan, I know you don't read comics quite as much as I do, and I don't know if you follow the Batman comics at all, but it's like, you know, there's just this darkness to him, but at the same time, you know, it seems like there's just still that little glimmer of hope because if he didn't have any hope, he probably wouldn't be doing this in the first place. Oh, totally. And what's interesting too about this movie is it has the same charm as the Lego movie. And we all know that the big song from that movie is Everything is Awesome, which was performed by Tegan and Sarah and the Lonely Island. Nice. This movie does feature Everything is Awesome again, but not in the way it was featured in the Lego movie. And it is important to note that in this movie, several of the Lego movie characters do make an appearance with their original voice actors. So we've got Will Arnett doing Batman, obviously. Mm -hmm. We have Jonah Hill doing Green Lantern and Channing Tatum doing Superman. And... I like that they had that little crossover. But one of the big songs from this movie is I Am the Batman or Who is the... Oh, gosh. Who's the Batman? Who's the Batman? Right. Yeah. And that one, I was sitting in the theater listening and watching the movie like, this is not Will Arnett singing. This is totally Patrick Stump. Did Fall Out Boy do a song for this movie? And after searching, it is just Patrick Stump doing a solo thing and if i had to rank songs that patrick stump and or follow boy have done for movies i like who's the batman over um the song from big hero six immortals okay but i have not watched that movie so i'm unfamiliar (laughs) really i I would think you'd be at least familiar with the song immortals itself um possibly it it was brain is just drawing a blank right now (laughs) It was on American Beauty, American Psycho, but... Okay. I didn't give that a listen too much. I probably gave it through a listen once, so that's probably why the tune is escaping me. But another really, really big song in this movie is Man in the Mirror, which is used more than once. You have Will Arnett himself singing it, and this Mm -hmm. is indeed the song by Michael Jackson. It's just his version of it never shows up in here. So you have Will Arnett singing it as Batman, and then you also have Alex Iono, 
I believe I am saying that correctly, doing a cover of it. Who that is, I have absolutely no clue. I apologize, Alex. You know what? I'm looking at the IMDb page. As am I, yeah. And I am seeing Richard Cheese and the Lounge, or Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine doing this. Okay, so it's in there three times then, because if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it's like the third one from the bottom. It's also performed by someone else. So they really just could not afford to get the Michael Jackson version of this song, apparently. Yeah, and you are saying it, right? It is Alex Iono. Okay. That's interesting. Somehow I didn't catch that. Unless unless it was in the credits and I didn't actually, you know, sit through all the credits. I don't think I sat through any of them or enough of them to even make it to the soundtrack section. So I was like, all right, let's look at IMDb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Will Arnett did quite a few of the songs himself, like I said, with Man in the Mirror. But then he also did the Batman theme, which makes sense because, you know, he was playing Batman. I mean, it's honestly not a Batman movie unless you've got none of none of none of Batman going in there. And then he also did Bad Boys as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are others in here. And then you have Michael Sarah performing oh, songs my as gosh. well. <laughs> like, this isn't your typical Michael Sarah movie. Because usually, you know, when you think of a Michael Sarah movie, it's Michael Sarah does Awkward White Guy. And we're all familiar with Robin, the sidekick to Batman. Right. And instead of being this super, super awkward character, he's just more nerdy than anything else and i actually thought that was endearing it was nice to you know hear michael sarah not being fully michael sarah but he performs a few songs in here as well including it's ruining men right which i i will take michael sarah singing that song any day and also the robin theme song fly robin fly even though each time I see that, it makes me think of the Fly Eagles Fly song, which kind of makes me irate because I'm not an Eagles fan. <laughs> I digress, though. And I think one of the other things that's really interesting, too, is with all of this 80s music, it's something I'm expecting to see definitely make an appearance within Despicable Me 3. Okay. I mean jumping ahead here they have a villain played by trey parker who is still stuck in the 80s right and that trailer actually did play before the lego batman movie so i was already geeking out hardcore (laughs) yeah him and his shoulder pads oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) uh but the 80s it was interesting to see how the lego batman movie team decided to play up with this music Because these are anthemic, very, very catchy, recognizable songs. And I feel like that might have been a nice addition for maybe the parents that were taking their children or even young adults such as ourselves. This is how you know I'm turning old. Just a young adult. My God. (laughs) (laughs) I think, too, with the addition of more of the popular songs like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham!, You know, I think that adds to the comedic value as well, because like I said earlier, we know this isn't really the kind of person Batman is. And I can't really imagine Batman just sitting in the Batcave listening to Wham! (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think 
the cues they had as well. It's just like they had great timing for inserting these songs or the clips of songs that they were playing. They really did. And when talking about this, like they've got Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, the Rick Rolling song, Never Gonna Give You Up, the Robin theme song. They've got those playing from Robin's boombox before they go on this chase right in the film and this isn't meant to be spoilery so i'm trying to make it as vague as possible but it's just you do hear batman saying nope not that one Mm -mm. can't do that (laughs) no way (laughs) yeah and yet it's funny how they did manage to humanize the lego batman and give him more feelings than we're used to seeing in traditional batman films right but what's also interesting is that the song that they fully decided on for this chase scene is we could be heroes which is the hard rock sofa in skidka remix and this was a song that was very popular i believe last summer or two summers ago okay. so it's very very recent and it's an alesso song featuring tove low but it's also a song that takes some cues from david bowie he does have writing credits on that song So that's a little fun fact there. So I guess maybe tying in David Bowie with Heroes into the Alesso song kind of does put it into the 80s category a little bit, but it's not what we would think of like in Perks of of Being a Wallflower in the scene in the tunnel where that's the song that's playing or any other traditional thing that we could think of. And also speaking of modern day artists... DNCE has a song on here called Forever. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran had a hand in writing a song for the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, I saw that as well. I I thought that was pretty interesting. He had a hand in writing I'm Batman, and he wrote that with David Byrd and Benny Blanco, and it was performed by a guy named Lil Dicky. Yeah, they definitely kept it interesting with the musical choices here, and I honestly don't know if this movie would have worked as well without these choices specifically and i think you know it just really made the whole experience better i mean personally a lot of times if it's just background music in a movie and if it's just scores that aren't you know like star wars or the big scores that sort of everyone can recognize i don't pay too much attention but the way they put music at the forefront in this I think helped make me pay attention to it more throughout the movie. And I was like, yes, this song works right here. And, you know, I think, like you said, when they humanize Batman, a dark Lego Batman movie would not have worked at all. You know, this is definitely something that is meant for children or, you know, the large children in life, such as you and me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I, I really do think that it would not have worked as well with, either different musical choices or just having to do an original score. Right. And the other thing is, speaking of scores, they do bring in some scores from the original DC stuff. Right. So we've got the Fortress of Solitude and we have the Superman theme, both by John Williams. And that was a nice touch because it also played up the rivalry that Batman and Superman seem to have. Yeah, and... You know, you said it's not a Batman movie if you don't have that sort of Batman theme song going on. And 
there are certain characters that just have these iconic theme songs that it would sort of be remiss of the producers and directors to just want to leave those out. (laughs) Exactly. And of course, you know, it is funny going back through these songs that we've got the I Just Died in Your Arms. Right. That is the song that plays each time he basically sees a potential love interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I'm, I'm still trying to keep us as vague as possible for the sake of our listeners because this is still a fairly recent movie. But it's just funny because it is the stereotypical laying eyes on someone for the first time and just having that euphoric background with some cheesy 80s music just like yes this is great wonderful (laughs) right and also going back through here we have i just saw it how did i lose it oh right and then one of the recurring themes with batman that we're all familiar with is that loneliness right the being alone the fear of losing family because with the backstory of batman he's basically an orphan loses his parents and i thought it was a nice touch to include one by harry nilsson yeah because as we all know one is the loneliest number that was probably you know a reference that anyone who's familiar with batman would totally understand 100 percent. of course but I think before, you know, we get too deep into this movie, and I keep wanting to just talk about the movie, we should probably mm-hmm. move on so we don't spoil anything. Oh, wait, we're not even going to talk about the credit song? Do we want to spoil a credit song, or do you want us to let the people think they need to go see this movie just to know what the credit song is? Well, the credit song is an original song, much like Everything is Awesome, and you will leave the theater with it in your head. And like with all great credit scenes, there is a dance scene. (laughs) Yes. So that also gives them a good reason to use the right music for certain scenes as well. Right. And of course, there's a great guitar solo in there, too. Of course. Which brings a new light onto one of the other main Batman characters, which you'd never assume. <laughs> so it, it's worth staying. Like it is, there isn't a post-credit scene, at least that I'm aware of, and I think that you're aware of. Yeah, I don't think there I, is one. I think it's just you know the big ending credits. Yeah, definitely. Well, our next topic for today is going to be some of the releases we're looking forward to coming up this spring. I think Megan has a lot more than I do. So, Megan, I'm going to... It looks like a lot because I have a paragraph written. Yes, this is true. You did do, you know, full sentences and everything, whereas I was just like, blah, 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 these artists. (laughs) That's it. This is what happens when you ask me to do the notes days in advance. (laughs) I didn't even, like, get to album titles. I was just like, these people have music and I want to listen to it. I don't even think I put album titles. I think you have some, but you know, that's more than I have. So why don't you go ahead and start off with a couple? So one of the big ones that I'm looking forward to is the cover stories. Brandy Carlisle celebrates 10 years of the story. One, I forgot that it's been 10 years since that album was released. thus making me feel like a fossil as usual. (laughs) Two, it also is a War Child benefit compilation. And War Child compilations are fantastic. 
So this one's a little different from previous ones. Like they've got help a day in the life of, I believe so. And that features covers not just of Beatles songs, but I think popular British songs. And that one was from 2005. But they also have War Child Presents Heroes, which is from 2007 or 2008. I don't remember off the top of my head, but that one features Estelle singing Superstition, TV on the radio covering David Bowie's Heroes, Adam Cohen, Leonard Cohen's son covering Take This Waltz, which is just beautiful. But this one is actually not just a compilation of songs. It's literally an album redone by various artists. So one of the songs that's available now to listen to is Dolly Parton covering the title track, The Story, which is a song that you will all know when you hear it. It's very familiar to everyone, I'm sure. But it features, the rest of the album features artists like Shovels and Rope, Old Crow Medicine Show, Jim James of My Morning Jacket, The Avett Brothers, Pearl Jam, and Adele, along with a bunch of other amazing artists. So it'll be interesting to hear the final thing put together. Nice. And I know you and I have a an album in common on this list, and that would be the upcoming Michelle Branch album. Mm-hmm. And I think I just really want to hear it because I feel like she hasn't done anything in a while that I can recall other than when she sort of went country and did the records. Right. Have you actually listened to the tracks that have come out so far? I think I've listened to, I think at least two have come out so far, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure I listened to both of those. And they give off a very heavy Black Keys vibe. Yeah. Which is kind of important to note because she worked with Patrick Carney, I believe. Okay. On this. And that's why there's such a heavy Black Keys influence. I'm going to look this up just to double check so I'm not messing up it's also interesting to note yes she did work with patrick carney and they're now dating well that works out nicely for her (laughs) yeah so it's very interesting to yeah it's it's very very interesting to see what this will be because her album title is called hopeless romantic and i think it might be with the aftermath of her divorce okay Which would obviously make a lot more sense than her current situation. Yeah, yeah. But that should be a good one coming out. And I think she was a little vague earlier this year when she said something about new music. It's like, maybe it'll come out this year, maybe it won't. Right. But to see it's coming out, I'm excited. Because it sounds like a vast departure from what she's done with the records and from the Spirit Room and Hotel Paper. Right. One of the other artists that I'm looking forward to in general is more new music from John Mayer because I enjoyed the two EPs that he released already. And I believe he did announce that the next release would come in April as a full album. So I'm interested to see if it's an album of new songs or if it's the eight he already released plus four more and it's going to just be in an album format. So I'm not entirely sure on that. I don't think we have too many details, really. But like I said, I've enjoyed the two EPs. I think I enjoyed the first one a little more than the second one. But, you know, I don't really have too many John Mayer songs that I don't like. Right. And my best friend has been raving about this. 
I saw her two weekends ago and this was right when the second one came out. She's like, oh my God, you have to listen to this. So we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I noticed that you have Father John Misty on your list. So why don't mm-hmm. you tell me a bit about that? Because I've heard of Father John Misty plenty, but I've never listened to any of the music. Really? I think you would enjoy him. I really do. Okay. Um, He's an interesting singer-songwriter. And pure comedy, this album is anything but comedic, I think. It's extremely dark. And I know last night on SNL, he performed a new song from it, which has a line about Taylor Swift. I haven't watched the episode yet. I've just <laughs> seen stuff on Twitter. I really need to watch this episode, though. But... It, it should just be interesting to hear all of it put together because apparently it's very dark. I know it's leaked. I haven't listened to the leaks. But the songs I've heard so far, I've enjoyed. I really have. So I think this should be a strong... It, it has potential to be a strong top 10 contender, I think, for end of the year list. Yeah. I will definitely have to check it out. You said there are already a couple singles out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I will check those out and get back to you on whether or not I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I think you will. I know it's something the Modern Vinyl staff has bounced around talking about. Yeah, I've definitely seen quite a few people talk about him in the group and everything. One of the other releases on my list, though, is the upcoming album from Diet Sig, which they're a newer band, at least newer to me. I had never heard of them until, you know, the alternative, 36 Vultures, a bunch of smaller sites that I follow started posting about them. And I think they have a really cool thing going on and they're sort of just generating a lot of buzz right now. So, you know, that's an album I definitely don't want to miss checking it out. Oh, that should be a good one. Yeah. Like my picks seem to be a little more mainstream than yours. Aside from, you know, John Mayer. Yeah. (laughs) But I also have Cold War Kids' L.A. Divine on here. Okay. Um, Based on what I've heard so far, it sounds more like a return to their original sound. Because when they released first, that was not the Cold War Kids sound I was used to hearing. Okay. So as I've heard more of the tracks, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely the Cold War Kids I grew up with and love. So that should be fun. I think that comes out this week, possibly, if not next week. No, it comes out in April. (laughs) Should look at my notes. Do you know what day it is, Megan? Are you okay? (laughs) Yes, it's March 5th. This is, I forgot it was Sunday, so. (laughs) But besides that, yeah, it should, should be fine. Yeah, and the last album I have on my list is the upcoming album from Have Mercy. They just recently announced this and released a single, which ironically I have not listened to, but... I know that Have Mercy is a band that I've liked their previous stuff, so obviously I'm going to still want to check out any music they release. But other than that, I don't know a whole lot about the release. I just know it's coming, you know, within the next month or two. And to be fair, I could have put another album on this list, but because I'm releasing it on my label, I feel like it's not really news to say I'm excited about it so you know it's like all right yeah obviously I'm stoked for this release because I'm the one putting it out but Elephant Jake have their full-length classic coming out on March 17th so that will be out fairly shortly so you know do some self-promotion and the last one on my list 
is from a band I adored in middle school that I'm glad is making a comeback. At the drive-in, we'll be releasing Interalia, which should be fun. I hope I'm saying that right. It's got some interesting uh, ways it of writing it. It looks like it sounds like you're saying it right. <laughs> I think so. Because it's separated. I think it's separated by like Interalia or something like that. Right. But knowing at the drive-in, it could be pronounced a different way. But they did release a track last year. I believe they've released another track. Yeah. So basically middle school me is screaming internally over being so excited. Exactly. Yeah. I will probably check this release out too. I and I really only know about them from interning at Fearless Records two summers in a row because, you know, they did a couple of their older releases, I believe. I'm pretty sure I saw at least two releases in the fearless office sort of just hanging about so you know they have been a band that i haven't really listened to as much but i've always had sort of an interest in them because i feel like a lot of people either really like or don't care for this band which could probably be said about all bands to be honest so i don't know why that makes a difference to me (laughs) there's a lot though like that are super polarizing it's like Today, when you hear of polarizing bands, it's Car Seat, Headrest, or Pine Grove. Right. Those two immediately just come to mind where you either really love them or you just really hate them. There's really (laughs) no in-between. Yeah. Well, to continue on this role of talking about music, we are now going to tell you what we've been listening to instead of what we are going to be listening to. And for me, I really only have, like I said, a few things here that I've been listening to. I already mentioned the John Mayer EPs, so I we don't really need to get into that again. But the one release that I'm really excited about right now is the new release from Culprit called Sonder. They are a local LA band that I've sort of gotten to know over the years. And, you know, they'll come down and play Orange County once in a while. So I try to make sure I always hit those shows because, you know, Jobless Me does not want to spend the gas money to drive up to LA. So you know, it's nice to see that they are still grinding, still hitting the local scene hard. And I think this is an album that really has paid off for them because they set up a pledge music. And last I knew it was at 93% funded. And that sort of is just helping them get their merch out and everything. I know they did a small vinyl run for this that you could buy only on pledge music. And I'm sure whatever they have left over, they'll probably sell at their shows. But I don't know if you've ever listened to them, Megan, but they are definitely like a really great rock band to check out if you want sort of a nice blend of fast paced rock. And then you get some of these slower songs in there that sort of just shows you the dynamic range the band has. Hmm. I will have to check them out. That actually sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. They're great dudes, too. And I know you have some more songs than albums on your list. and. The main one I want to hear you talk about, though, is Lord, because I knew this happened and I still haven't listened to it. I know. Shame on me. But I will always listen to anything Lord does. So tell me about this new single. All right. So both of the songs that I have on here are definitely more poppy. And I have no shame because I am an actual garbage person. (laughs) Anyway, um, the Lord song has gotten a lot of love and it's gotten a lot of hate. So I saw that Sean Rohr from 6131 tweeted the other day, the new Lord song is not good. I'm just saying. I don't follow these people. The only people I've seen have absolutely loved the new Lord single. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm, I'm in that camp. So I said back, well, hey, the corner, it's another radio station in Charlottesville, was playing it, and I dug it more so lyrically than musically. Welp guy. And <laughs> he told me that I was blinded by delicious Little John sandwich, which then made me hungry for Little John's. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, it's a place in Charlottesville for sandwiches. Anyway, the Lord song, it's it sounds like a bitter breakup song in a way. It's called Green Light. It is nothing like John Legend's Green Light. That's what I was just thinking about. I was like, doesn't John Legend have a song called this? And then I was having it stuck in my head. I was like, yeah, probably not the same kind of vibe there. Definitely, definitely not. It's very, very angsty. I like it. And she's got a line in there about great white sharks and how they hope they or she hopes they bite or something with teeth. I don't know. I need to give it a re-listen because obviously I'm bumbling up lyrics, but I <laughs> like it so much. I'm just like, okay, I can dig it. Plus, you know, the most recent Lord material I believe we've gotten before she announced that her album will be out this year is a song she did with Disclosure called Magnets, Okay, which that is also a catchy jam and I love it so much and I will never not love that song. And I think before that, she had, yeah, she had a cover song of Bright Eyes' ladder song for one of the Hunger Games soundtracks. Nice. So this should be good. Like, I can't wait to hear what the rest of the album sounds like. Yeah, and I think because a lot of us have been waiting so long to hear new music from Lord, it's like we're just eagerly anticipating this because, you know, it was sort of radio silence for so long. Mm -hmm. While she was out gallivanting with uh, Taylor Swift and her crew. Yeah, but talking about radio silence for so long, the last album I have on my list is the new album from Acceptance, who took a 12-year break between releases, I believe it was, and this new one, Colliding yep. by Design, is, it's just another, you know, great rock record to listen to. Like, I really enjoyed this, and I have listened to Phantoms before this, I am like 99% sure of, but I don't really recall getting super into the band like some other people I know did and I think that allowed me to sort of go into this album with an open mind you know I wasn't expecting it to sound like phantoms or anything like that you know I was just expecting a good album and that's exactly what I got out of it so I was really pleased with this album and you know it's definitely one I am even considering grabbing on vinyl when I have some more funds to do so. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I have Phantoms on vinyl, but that's because I'm one of those folks that jumped at the chance to get it when Bad Timing announced that it was literally the first record they were putting out. Yes, I remember those days when mm -hmm. Zach was stressing out about that. <laughs> yes, and I have one of the first like 250 copies of the album, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. and obviously they've since done other runs of the record. And, you know, I didn't pick it up because, like I said, I wasn't hugely into the band it's like all right I know this band I've probably listened to the record and you know I don't know how much of the record I actually remember so obviously I will probably be going back and listening to Phantoms just to sort of understand more what people are talking about with you know this album is so different from Phantoms and that sort of thing I know Phantoms is like a cozy blanket for me it was 
it's an album I still love to this day. So I know I've listened to the new Acceptance album and it's it's a huge departure from what Phantoms was. Okay. But it's also hard to, you know, compare and contrast with a 12-year hiatus. Right, exactly. It's just one of those things. It's completely different. Um, Speaking of hiatuses, though, Selena Gomez took a little bit of a break from the music scene for a bit. And now she's back. And she has a song called uh, It Ain't Me. I think it's It Ain't Me. But she did that with Kygo. And I am a garbage person who absolutely loves this track. And my boyfriend is just like, why? Why do you love this so much? I'm like, I don't know, but it's catchy. You might enjoy it. Like, the first time I heard it, I was like, is this really Selena? Because it kind of sounds like she has a country-ish twang to her voice. Okay. So you could, like maybe mistake her for Casey or Marin. Right. Yeah, I have been so bad at keeping up with like listening to new pop music because I feel like there's just so much of it that I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I don't like it, but it's just like I'm indifferent towards a lot of it, especially, you know, when you hear the same song on the radio all the time. Not that I've been in my car and driving and listening to the radio all that much, but I think at some point, you know, pop music sort of just war on me from the days when I would be in my car all the time and just, you know, before I was into podcasts and had other things to listen to, I would just turn on the radio. And, you know, I definitely need to get back and listen to some of the recent singles because I know there's definitely still been a lot of good pop music being made. Oh, yes. This is just an example of like trash pop that everyone and their mother will love because... Why not? Because I'm a trash person. <laughs> but yeah, it's gotten a lot of play on the radio. That's actually where I heard it first. So there's that. Um, but the other stuff, aside from those singles, I've been on a huge, huge Rilo Kylie kick lately. Okay. And I'm not sure if that's because I've been more in a sorority noise mode and I've kind of been anticipating their newest album. And I know that Cam and the crew covered um definitely cam covered about her son daughter a while ago by rilo kylie and i love that cover uh but like in general just rilo kylie jenny lewis love her it will never not be something i will always jam along to in my car but the other thing i do have an album that i've just been listening to a lot lately and that is by allison crutchfield okay allison is katie crutchfield's sister Katie from Waxahachie. Okay. I'm yeah, also I have, going to double check. <laughs> I have not heard of Alison Crutchfield. What kind what kind of music is it? Is it like folksy Americana stuff or is it more leaning it's towards something more else? Indie pop kind okay. of. Allison was just on tour with Vagabond. Okay. And I tried to convince my brother to go see them together at the Golden Pony in Harrisonburg, but he did not listen to me. as usual but allison's album yeah she is katie's sister so if you like waxahachie there's a good chance you'll probably like allison's solo stuff as well okay but allison's album is called tourist in this town and i actually put one of these songs on my february playlist from last month also because it made for a very good running song nice so when i talk upbeat this was pretty upbeat and that song that I have on here is Dean's Room. Okay. Yeah, this sounds like something else I will definitely have to check out. And, you know, before we get into recommendations here, I also just want to 
remind everyone of our book club pick, which is Punk USA, The Rise and Fall of Lookout Records by Kevin Prested. And we will link to that again in the show notes in case anyone wants to grab it. It's not a long book, so you definitely have time to finish it within the next two weeks or so before we get that episode up. I still haven't read it yet. I haven't opened it or taken it off my shelf or anything yet either. But like I, I said, you know, it. because it's short, you know, you, you can definitely get through it. And I'm pretty sure there's like pictures and stuff in it too. Not necessarily yeah. like everybody hurts where they're sort of incorporated into the pages, but I'm pretty sure there's like stuff in there that qualify as pictures in a book. <laughs> Who doesn't love books with pictures? I mean, come on now. Right? Makes it so much easier to read because there's fewer words. <laughs> exactly. But on that note, Megan, what do you have to recommend this week? The new Ryan Adams record. It is called Prisoner. Yeah. And I'm actually missing his two day concert in Richmond. It's tonight and tomorrow. And I'm okay with that. Well, at but least you have good. the new album to listen to. I do. It, it's very good. I would recommend it to everyone. Um, even though I have heard Do You Still Love Me so many times, it's just like <laughs> forever ingrained in my brain. But anyway. Yeah, this is on my list to listen to. I feel like it's just, I always have a list of things to listen to, things to watch, things to read. I feel like anyone who enjoys any of those things probably feels the same way because there's just so much to consume. But I've already talked about my recommendation for the week, so I'm just going to let you guys know it's definitely Culprit's album, Sonder. I explained why I like it so much already. And, you know, if you are interested in what I said earlier, definitely give it a listen. But Megan, is there anything else you have for today? I think I'm good over on my end. Awesome. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.